Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Stephen Barnes, and welcome to Life Writing, my uh, lovely and sincere and talented co-host, sometimes co-host, we might rotate from time to time, but Elizabeth has been kind enough to um, be on these first few shows while we're trying to get things together, so thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you, Steve, for having me. You're very welcome. So today, um, we have a unique opportunity. it's the you know the Chinese ideogram of of you know crisis as opportunity on the wings of danger. Um, in 2001, America suffered its worst terrorist attack on on our soil, and for a short we lost 3,000 people, and for a short period of time, we had the sympathy of the entire world, and we blew it by attacking the wrong country. We have the opportunity here because something horrible happened five days ago. A church in Charleston was attacked by a terrorist who wanted to incite a race war. Uh, He said it. He said it to friends previously. He admitted that the the attacks were racist, were racial in nature, and that you still have people who are in denial about that. And that's okay. These are not bad people for being in denial. They are people who see things differently than we see them. We have to remember we could be wrong. But we're going to operate this call from the assumption that we are right, that it was a racist uh, attack, that there has been a pattern of racism and racial violence towards blacks in the United States for hundreds of years, and that it emerges in some of the behaviors that we are seeing now. But we're further going to assume that these do not arise from something specially bad about America or especially bad about the group that we call white people, that it is part of the common heritage of human beings to both do art and love our children and do wonderful things and from time to time strike out blindly and with fear and with terror and masquerading as anger and hurting the people around us. And the low-hanging fruit, the people who are either hyper-masculinized, hyper-aggressive protectors who operate on a hair trigger, who do things, bad things, uh, because they're operating off of instincts that are within us that ordinarily none of us have to face concerning our tribal nature, concerning the degree to which fear manifests as anger, do terrible things. And that there are also crazy people, people who have impulse control problems, who see the world purely in binary sense, that that sense of us versus them is where all of this comes from. And I believe it was Einstein that said that you cannot solve a problem with the same mode of thought that created it. Therefore, the buy-in to this conversation is very simple. And this is why there needs to be a buy-in. There is a principle in Think and Grow Rich. Oh, let me take another step back from there even. What we're, the opportunity that we have here is we talk theoretically 
about life writing and this concept of seeing our lives as a story that we're writing and what that means. And all the things I've been doing for the last 30 years is clustering technologies, ideas, values, perspectives, philosophies around this idea. What if the wise people of the village have been telling us for thousands of years, this is the way your life is going to be, and encoding that information in the stories they've been telling us? Just what if? That Then you get to ask, what is the hero in the story of the heroes? journey, and that the interaction of those two will give us a, a syntax, a, a way of a view, uh, a filter, a way of looking at an impossibly complex set of, of different facts and opinions and philosophies about what it is that we are. But if you look at the oldest way of looking at what a human being is that I know of, that also corresponds with, with more modern ideas, which is the, the yogic chakras, which say basically as a metaphor that there are seven basic levels of human existence, starting from the most foundational, survival. You go from there to you know, survival of the individual, uh, genetic survival, power, emotion, uh, connection emotionally, to, or rather in terms of communication, intellectual understanding of the world and spiritual transcendence that, that Abraham Maslow and other, there are other people too who would take the position that as we satisfy the lower needs, in other words, our need for survival, we automatically rise up to the more evolved needs. That what we're seeing here is people who are either disrupted along the entire process or terrified of their survival and therefore acting out in ways that are just horrific that the hero of the hero's journey is someone who is confronted with a challenge. Initially, they will reject that challenge because it triggers fear, violates their beliefs, you know, their worldview, whatever, is forced to ex or is willing to accept the challenge and sets out along the road of trials during which they meet allies and gain powers. They have their confrontation with evil in which they are defeated. There's some point in the story at which the fertilizer really hits the fan and everything seems to fall apart. The truth is that these are actually continuous loops that we, you know, every day we go through times when things are down as opposed to up. And you know, every year we go through larger cycles of this. And as a culture, we're dealing with one of those times now because the reality of what human beings are, in my view, and I can't keep saying in my view, so allow us to start by saying that everything I'm saying here is my view on what this process is, that you are welcome to disagree with it, but I ask you to empty your cup for the next hour or so and ask yourself, what if Steve is right about these things? And later on, we can argue about them later. But the fact is that what, if one of the things the hero does, uh, well, let's finish that, that, that the hero is confronted with a challenge and they go into the dark night of the soul, during which it feels that none of their capacities are, are worthy of, of the challenge. The way through the dark night of the soul is the leap of faith. And that's faith in yourself, faith in your companions, or faith in a higher power. If you do that, then you confront evil and win. And the last step is the student becomes the teacher. Now, we hit that point from time to time where it feels as if everything is falling apart. That is one of the things our grandparents and great-grandparents have been telling us since forever. The way through that is going to be the leap of faith. That means we have to have faith in ourselves, our companions, or a higher power. Step back a little bit. When the hero is on the road of trials, they need allies and powers. So the first thing to do is to understand that if 
the answer is for us to be able to utilize our, to feel powerful enough, to feel safe, to be able to feel safe in order to be able to feel loving towards ourselves, our families, our communities, and project that humanity into others, to be able to communicate that to the people around us, to be able to see what's going on and formulate theories about what's going on and also theories to be able to deal with it, you have to choose those companions carefully and you have to feel that you are not totally surrounded by enemies. If you feel that, you will be absolutely in in fear and you're in terror and you will not be able to cope, you will not be able to function. So the buy-in to this conversation has certain requirements because The formulation of teams is one person at a time. The mastermind principle from Think and Grow Rich, which we've used in many other contexts, suggests that the first step is that the people on your team must agree with your basic philosophies of what you're doing and your basic goals. That without that, you will argue endlessly. And in this particular instance, we don't have time for that. So we're going to use some definitions. And they're fairly standard definitions, although in some cases there is controversy about them. Here's a definition. What racism is. Racism is the attribution of differential worth or capacity between groups based on race or ethnicity. Okay. Now, there are other definitions that deal with effective racism, systemic racism, white racism, black racism, reverse racism, or whatever. But this is going to serve as our basic definition because it allows us to connect all of this. This is a human problem. Okay. Second, everybody in on this discussion has to agree that there is systematic discrimination, violence, and unequal justice towards blacks in America. If you don't agree with that, It is impossible to believe in human equality because very clearly there are differential results being had. So if there are differential results being had, either the playing field is unlevel or the people are unlevel. It really has to be one or the other. This conversation is for people who believe that the playing field is unequal but that the people are basically equal. But there is a corollary to that. That means that you have to ascribe equal humanity to the groups on both sides of the equation. You can't just do it for your side. The people on either side who are doing the their better, their worse routine are open and vulnerable to fear that they're the ones who are worse. They're the ones who are inferior. You can't have it both ways. If you believe you're better than other people, you are going to always be dealing with the possibility that other people are better than you. If you start with the assumption that we're all basically the same as as groups, as human souls, but that what we do to each other and the circumstances that we find ourselves in can create brutal behavior, that most of us, not all, but most of us are just looking for peace, just trying to move away from pain and toward pleasure. But there are people who are either sick or so traumatized that they cannot hear reason, they cannot see the light, they cannot see any way out. Those people are our brothers and sisters. They, you know, they are asleep, wake them. They are children, raise them. They are, are broken or, or damaged, heal them. But you also have to remember that there are monsters. There are just flat monsters out there. Not that many of them, but there are people who feed on the bodies of the slain warriors and the slain bystanders, and they want violence. So it's very important that not very many people are going to tell you straight out, I have, I'm a racist, I believe that people are unequal. They will couch that in weasel words. And almost no one will say, I want to see the fight. 
lets you and him fight. Okay, um, that's a transactional analysis position, but you can also see it in the behaviors of people who seem to want to disrupt any kind of a peace process. There are people who, whose point of view on the world is such that it is so damaged that they can only survive within chaos, or they are simple predators who want the raw meat. Be aware of that, and be aware that most people are not that. Most people are just afraid when they do bad things. Okay? It is not possible to get total agreement upon anything, but action has to be taken here. So this conversation is among people who agree on the basic, the basic things that we're saying here, basic human equality, that anger arises from fear, violence arises from anger, fear paralyzes, anger mobilizes. So when people feel threat, fear, they will often manifest it as anger instead of fear so that they can take action. And a tremendous amount of violence comes from that. This conversation, what I'm saying, has to be among people who feel safe enough to be loving of themselves, their families, their communities, to project their humanity onto others. Without that, we cannot function. We cannot have a conversation. We'll get stuck at the level of, is there something going on? Because there are both people who are blind and asleep, and there are others who benefit by the confusion. Okay, so... We've, just, we've defined that. The basic things are laid out there. So, Elizabeth, in terms of those basics, you are outside the pattern of you did not grow up in a black community. You did not, you know, you're, you're a perfect person to speak to. Blacks understand what's going on. What I need to do is to prove that it is possible to communicate what is going on to people outside that circle and for people outside that circle to now feel like we can expand the circle to include everyone who sees this shared humanity so that you can recognize allies when they appear. So, um, Elizabeth, is there anything about what I said that confuses you, or do you have any, any core confusions about the situation? And just make this brief so I can address them and move on. So tell me. No, I, have, I personally have no confusion about anything you said. And I agree that we are all human, and we are all basically the same. And okay. I will tell you the, the thing about unequal justice. As you know, I was raised in a very white-bred community, and I don't I don't listen to the news a lot, and so it's, I believe it, because you and I have talked about it, but I, I know people that, that don't listen to the news, that don't see it, because they're not exposed to it. Right, and I think that most of those people are good folks. They simply, yes. they simply don't believe it. So you said, when we spoke earlier, I mentioned to you one of the reasons why this situation is so dangerous. And it is dangerous, specifically because the attack was in a church. And historically, churches, religion, Christianity specifically, is the place where black people have put their fear, their terror of extinction, and their homicidal rage into being able to pray, into being able to believe that God would bring justice. Milk and honey on the other side, or the protection of Christ, or feeling an opportunity to drop their burden and feel connected to love. That is what allows people to survive and to choose forgiveness over fear. Note that the families of the assassinated individuals 
during the the bail hearing were talking about forgiveness, talking and about God. I was God so and impressed Christ. with that. You got to so understand impressed. that stuff is real. They they have actually programmed themselves to go there instead of I will tear your throat out. And that is one of the things that you know, that drive. You have those two drives to connect and to destroy, and those drives must exist in balance. Because if you have simply have the urge to connect with everybody, you're going to miss the monsters. You're going to miss the people who are so afraid that they will put a knife in your guts. But on the other hand, if you stay in the I'm going to kill you space, then you miss all of the allies. You miss all the people who could love you, all the people who could stand and march at your side. And there are endless numbers of them, endless numbers of them. People just want to understand. People just want to live their lives. Even if they don't want to get involved, they're not the ones who are going to hurt you. They're just trying to raise their own families. Don't force them to take, to ch- take sides based on, I hate you, you know, I'm going to hurt you. You are guilty for this. A person is responsible for their own behavior. That's what they're responsible for, for raising their children with love and decency and living good lives by example and loving themselves enough to not feel fear of the other, to be able to see themselves in others. These are never the people that cause the problems. They're never the people who cause the problems. The people who cause the problems are the people who do not see, who don't, do not love themselves or do not see themselves in the eyes of others. So the very first step that we have to do, that we have to take, is to be certain that we are not going down the same road as the people who created the problem. That is what the monsters want. It is, let's you and him fight. Let's confuse things. Let's be sure that people do not see the humanity in each other. This conversation is about that shared humanity. Does any of that feel confusing to you, Elizabeth? None of it. Okay, great. So, next piece of the puzzle. There is group action and individual action. Almost everything that I have done in life writing and and have taught has to do with individual action. However, it is perfectly reasonable to talk about group action when you're dealing with a systemic problem. So this is the time for the politicized people to understand, I I respect who you are and I respect your need to take action and the efficiency and effectiveness of taking action on that level. Given that, I still believe that each of us as an individual must exemplify the change we want to see in the world as a whole. That means being strong enough to feel safe and safe enough to feel loving, connect yourself with that sense of love, and then be able to express it outwards. So the the life writing game is to ask, what's the end point? What is it? that we're trying to achieve. What we're trying to achieve is a world that works for as close to everyone as possible, a world in which our children are safe, a world in which we're safe to play with our neighbors without worrying about being, being hurt, killed, blamed for things that we did not do. That can only happen by being what I've been referring to as being an awake, aware adult human being who feels safe enough within themselves to feel loving and has given themselves enough love to have love to offer to others. How will we know when we have reached the point? It's very important to be able to define a problem in solvable terms. Okay, Because we've gone through the initial steps. We've kind of defined for the sake of this conversation what's going on. Not that we might not be wrong. 
just that we cannot forward the argument as long as we're still arguing about the first step. So we're going to start with the assumption that there is this pattern. We're also going to start with the assumption that that pattern is nothing unusual, that that pattern can be seen all through history. All, you know, everywhere you go in the world, people are hurting each other, as well as people having trade and Congress and marrying each other and falling in love. There are also people hurting each other and performing wars and pogroms and extinctions. You know, if you think that isn't true, ask the Neanderthals what happened when the, you know, when, when human, when, when, when the first human beings you know, arrived in Europe. And then you realize, oh, no, you can't. That the arrival of humans and in, in modern humans in different parts of the world was accompanied by megafaunal extinctions and the extinctions of other groups, uh, other early hominids. Now, this might be a coincidence, but it certainly ties in with what we've seen of tribal war and other things. So it's critical to understand that this stuff is emergent properties of the way human beings react as we meet each other, as we fight to create larger and larger groups, greater and greater levels of connection, greater and greater levels of, of complication. This is natural. It's normal. It's hideous. It, people die. And this is why it's so important that in the safety of your heart, you have peace enough to feel enough love and safety to be able to actually be willing to see the world, to see how much of the world and the violence in the world arises from fear. Because those people can be reached. How much of it arises from people being asleep? Those people can be awakened. Then there, is, there are the people who are intractable, who will never see it your way, and there are monsters who want to feed on you. But most people, not even good or bad, they just want to stop hurting. They want to stop being afraid. You have to show them by being willing to look directly into the face of the Gorgon, directly at the very real horror and terror that, is, that accompanies life and being willing to have faith anyway, but at the same time not being so naive to forget that there are people who will hurt you, that there are monsters that you need. If you come purely from love, and that is the place you're most comfortable with, then your assignment is to find someone who is more capable of being that warrior, that defender. In other words, as you build a, a group of allies, and that's what this is about, is being able to recognize potential allies. We all believe in the future. What is that future? How would we define basic equality? I would say basic equality would be the, the uh, equivalency of slight adaptation of what the World Health Organization says about, says that determines the health of a community. Infant mortality rate, lifespan. Let's add a couple of things to that. Incarceration rates and inherited wealth. My position, if infant mortality rates lifespans, inherited wealth, and incarceration rates were roughly equivalent, roughly equivalent between the different racial groups, black and white, as we're, as we're defining them here. So we're using those terms. We're basically, the problems then are no longer systemic. Their problems are far more individual. Those four things, infant mortality rate, lifespan, incarceration rates, and inherited wealth cover a gigantic amount of stuff. And the people who are equal in those things are going to be roughly experiencing life in roughly equivalent ways. We've taken care of a lot of things. So even though that's not everything, that enables me to have something quantifiable. You can work backwards. If you believe in human equality and you look at the fact these things are unequal, then you're going to look at the fact that this is going to be caused by the experience, the, the territory that these people are covering, rather than their intrinsic nature. And when that 
stress is extrinsic, it's coming from the outside, it is not that the people on the outside are evil or worse than the people on the inside. They're different, seeing things from a different perspective, taking actions that they think are good, and that what we have to do is say, listen, this isn't working because of this, this comes to this, and the people you communicate with, you find among those people the allies who agree that we're basically equal, that the playing field is unlevel, and that love, not violence or fear, are the answers. You're not going to be able to communicate with everyone, but there are people white and black, liberal and conservative, democratic and republican, from every part of the country, who see this same reality. And you can draw connections to those people. And the way you do that is you declare openly, clearly, that this is your position, that we are basically children of God. We're all basically the same. That you believe that, yes, it is true, there are many statistics of, of horror from both sides, but that these things come out of emergent tendencies that human beings have. We contain multitudes and that as you do this, you will be attacked by those who are asleep, who are resentful of the fact that you're waking them up, by people who see the mountain differently and are just sure. Well, they might be sure that there's no mountain. They, they, you know, what are you talking about? There's no mountain there. That's fine. You have to be connected to yourself enough that you will not move from your position despite what people say to you. You simply can't allow that to happen. So it has to start with love. So before I go onwards, then primarily, what have I said about stress? Under sufficient stress, it becomes strain. And strain is the problem, not stress. If you're under stress and you are balanced, that triggers growth. So as individuals, your first task is to get out of fear. Your first task is to keep the stress from becoming strain. And the easiest way to do that are the things that we've talked about. The, your, your emotions are controlled by three different things, basically. The way you use your body, the way, what you focus upon, and the way you use language. So this is why we've talked about the morning ritual, that you, know, you go out for a walk in the morning and you're chanting and your visualization. You know, th those things, we've talked about that a lot. We won't go back over all that right now. The, the primary piece is to be able to know, to be able to find peace within yourself. You can use the heartbeat meditation or the ancient child idea of connecting with your heart during your quiet moments at home, finding the light within you and forming it into a child that you are then 100% committed to protecting. Because if you do not stay safe, you will slide, you will make mistakes People will hurt you, and then you will slide into fear. So it's critical, critical that you protect yourself first. If you find that place of peace within you, and, and it can take time. Generally speaking, people talk about meditating for between 10 and 20 minutes a day on your heartbeat. Until, or on your heartbeat is what I'm suggesting because that is the fastest way to find that sense of connection there. Once you've found that sense of peace, let some part of your mind ask you, how am I breathing? What's my facial expression? What is my posture? If you can stand up and walk while you're continuing to feel that sense of peace and connected, and once again, you do this behind closed doors in your home. Yes, there's all this stress. There are all these issues out there, but your ability to function it is going to be dependent upon your ability to stay calm enough to stay out of the stress tunnel, out of the reactive mind, out of the sense of duality, us, them, and be able to sense that connection. So you connect with yourself. 
in silence and in stillness first. Then you try to maintain that while you're walking. How do I maintain a positive sense while I'm moving? Once you've done those things, then you start asking yourself, what is my body language? How am I breathing? What's my tension while I'm feeling positive and connected? What am I focused upon when I'm feeling positive and connected? I'm suggesting that you connect to your heart or that child within you. And then the third thing, what language am I using? What am I saying to myself? Once you have determined how to keep that sense of peacefulness in yourself, of yourself, then at least five times a day, and right now if you are just roiling with stress, and my God, I am so sorry if you are, if you're feeling a sense of hopelessness or anger, fear, wanting to hurt someone, wanting to run and hide, I understand all of those things. So first, take care of yourself and that little kid inside you. Then, if you are in a state where you're in an emergency, every hour on the hour, spend 60 seconds, specifically stop, calm yourself, connect yourself inward, find that child, find your heartbeat, and take a 60-second vacation. Every hour, you specifically break the pattern. Because when you feel the external stress, your body reacts as if you're getting ready to go into a fight or getting ready to run. And if there's nothing to fight or nothing to run from, it turns in on you and becomes depression. But if you attack the wrong thing, then you're making the situation worse. We have an opportunity right now where people on both sides of the political aisle who basically are just looking at different ways of, of solving the same problem when we can see the same problem. It's not a matter of not caring. It's a matter of seeing different ways, different approaches. So all you have to do is find the people on the other side of the political aisle, the racial aisle, whatever, who see the same mountain you see and say, let us climb. And those people will be able to communicate to people who are further to the right or further to the left than you are, than, you know, than they are. They'll be able to, use, to communicate using the same language that those people understand. Hey, listen, we can all do this together. It does not violate your values. These people are going to be your allies, and we need doctors and lawyers and healers and teachers and artists and warriors. And we need every one of those people because they're all human. And they all want to protect their families. And most of them love this country the way I do, deeply, understanding its flaws and its failures, but understanding also that it is the magnificence of the human spirit. That when you can see all of those things, you also realize that every era of history, we've been killing each other. Every era of history, tribes have been wiping each other out. There is nothing new about this. What is potentially new is for the first time in human history, we have the ability to communicate with each other instantly around the world, across lines, over the Internet like this. I have no idea where all the people are who have connected here. But they're people from different countries. And then there are going to be people who are, are download the podcast. No way to say how many of those people are, where they are. We're reaching all of them. This is a moment in human history that has not existed before. And I do not want to blow it by people acting from fear rather than love or people attacking people who did them no harm. Once, If you can find that love within yourself, that connection within yourself, and then you interrupt the pattern of fear by every hour breathing, walking, smiling, singing, 
whatever it is it takes, for 60 seconds, while at the same time being 100% committed to protecting yourself and your family so that there is no downside for being a Pollyanna, that you're not saying, you know, join hands and everybody's singing, you know, singing uh, uh, kumbaya instead of, while not, for, while not understanding that some of the people standing in that circle are smiling monsters. So you, it has to be both. So either you have to hold the part of yourself that is capable of facing down a monster, or you make friends with the people who are and you make them your companions. You find the people who are used to confrontation, the soldiers, the police officers, who also see that commonality of the human spirit. And you say, I would love for you to be in my circle. I will give you love if you can help me feel safe. And we will stand together. Because the world of the future is going to be built by the actions we take now, the actions we take starting today. So that's another basic piece of this puzzle, that I'm seeing this. My perspective is seeing this as a problem, like a seizure in the body human, that, that it's our brains. There's not proper communication going on across the corpus callosum between left and right lobes of our brain or between black and white, or whatever, that we're stuck in the dualism of thinking this and that, this or that, rather, as opposed to this and that. You have to be able to hold both at the same time and resolve the apparent dualities. The people who can do that, who can look at the other person, who can look at them operating from fear, who can look at this poor, sick monster and what he did, and wish him to be punished and removed, understand that he was fed, that he was of the low-hanging fruit on the tree, but people have been shaking that tree for a long time, that there will always be sick people, always be monsters, but we can also stop shaking the tree, and we can stop denying that the tree is being shaken. To do that, to reach out to people who are shaking the tree, you have to make sure they understand that there is more pleasure more safety attached to not shaking it, to seeing that it's being shaken, then there is pain, shame, guilt, whatever, connected to admitting that this has been going on, that that's what they're looking for. If I drop my guard, if I admit that the playing field is unlevel and has been for centuries, are you going to kill me? Because there's a part of me that would want to kill you. And what you have to, to say to them is, I am so busy building my future, building our future, raising my children with love to punish you for things you did not do. Even for things you did in the past, if you're willing to put them behind you and see the same mountain, a mountain of all of our children being safe, understanding that my children have been asked to climb a steeper gradient, and I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to help them up that gradient. But you must stop telling them that there is no gradient. You must admit that, yes, it is unequal. That is not fair. It is not fair, but I, my concern, I must raise my family. In other words, you must not ask other people to hurt to alleviate your pain. If they volunteer to accept some of that load, God bless them. They are absolutely the miracles of the universe. They are the people I love the very most, but people who simply want to deal with their families and till their garden and are willing to stop pissing in yours, are willing to stop turning their backs to other people who are pissing in your garden. You know something? Those people are allies too. 
So give extra love to the people who are willing to, you know, to grab a bucket and, and throw it on the fire. And I know I keep jumping between metaphors. I'm sorry about that. It's just the way it is this morning. But the people who are simply willing to say, yes, the game has been rigged. I'm willing to say this out loud. And if you will stand with me to protect my family, I will stand with you to protect yours. Those people are allies, too. They are not cowards. They are not asleep. They're dealing with the reality that everyone tends their own garden first. Then we can stand together to stop the locusts from eating everyone's garden. But it has to start with them. Are they safe if they drop their guard? Are they safe if they tell the truth? And you have to show them that that is possible by finding a place inside yourself where you can be loving and also be strong. So once again, you can only lead by example. You cannot ask people to do things that end up with them getting hurt. You have to be willing to deal with your fear and your anger first. And once again, you cannot do that if you're not safe. So if this problem is like a seizure in the body human, the left and right lobes of the brain not communicating with each other, then the answer is whatever enhances communication between those things. It might not be the whole brain at one time, to carry that metaphor for There might be just a few cells on either side speaking, but that's the mastermind principle. You start with alignment. Who sees the same mountain? Who sees the same values? I will take those. The rest of you, God bless you. Have a wonderful life, and hopefully we will be able to send some reports back that will help convince you that it is safe and that what we're saying is real. But you honor those people. Those people are not your enemies unless they are monsters or so afraid that they're acting out out of violence. The rest of them might be silent Germans, you know, not speaking up about what's going on next, next door to them. But most of them are simply people who are saying, my ancestors did what you're talking about. I didn't do it. Why should I pay for it? And if you understand that there is nothing dishonorable about that, then you can forgive them, you can welcome them into the community, and you say, yes, let's, you know, let's just move forward. But out of the people who are willing to see the same mountain, the ones who you want the most are the people who say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? I, as an individual human being named Stephen Barnes, limited by my ego, limited by my experience, cannot think that I can come up with the answers to that question except the first step. The fog is too deep. It's too thick. We've been, I am inside the system, not outside the system. And the answer for how to work your way out of the box is written on the outside of the box. This is why we've just, we're not going to get out of this easily. But I do know, and I am willing to take the position, I am willing to bet my life and stake my sacred honor on the idea that the answer of the first step is communication between people who see the same mountain. To be able to say, yes, there is a problem. Yes, it is historical. Yes, human beings are basically equal. Now, what shall we do? What do we want? We want a world that is fair, as fair as possible to everyone. We're going to measure that infant mortality, inherited wealth, incarceration rates, life expectancy. Anything that helps us to that for everybody is going to be a good thing. Anything that does that is going to relieve fear. You relieve fear, you get rid of anger. Less fear, more love. More love, more connection. 
more connection, more allies, more allies, and people start seeing that they can drop their guard and join a team of people who will protect them. Otherwise, they will stay with the old team, even if the old team is going into war, because you don't want to stand alone when armies are clashing. So it has to start with love. You have to be willing to ask, who is on my team? Who loves me? Who sees the same mountain? And then lovingly exclude the others from the conversation about what to do. You can have the others in the conversation about, is there a problem? But in my mind, that conversation is over. I can be wrong about that. Of course I can. But I'm still willing to take that position. I'm not willing to debate it, whether, whether or not the house is burning, when I see my children on the front floor, on the top floor of the house, screaming for help. We will discuss whether I am insane later. Right now, I will gather unto me the people who see the house burning and are willing to either stand back and cheer me on, stay silent, or pass buckets of water. I'm not even going to ask them to go in the burning house with me. If they do, God bless them. I need all the allies I can get. I need every adult, awake human being who believes in the unity of mankind and believes that the mistakes we have made as a species are because we've just been trying to survive. It's not that we're bad. It's not that we're wrong. It's that we're capable of great evil because we feel fear. And that the antidote to fear is love. Right back to the beginning again. You have to be strong, you have to be loving, and you have to be able to communicate the fact that it is possible to be both strong and loving, be both yin and yang, to be able to, you know, the book, The Chalice and the Blade, my favorite feminist book, and it says something very fascinating. It says that matriarchies are the best places to live in times of peace and the worst places to live in times of war. In other words, you need both yin and yang, male and female, whatever qualities we attribute to different groups. We need whatever qualities we attribute to conservative and liberal, Republican and Democrat. The healthy parts of each of these things are part of the body human, part of the American dream. They're the two wings of the American eagle. They're the two halves of what it is to be human. The war between male and female, black and white, liberal and conservative, all those things are distractions from the fact that we love each other. We love our children. We love the idea of a future that is meaningful, that we can actually address, that we can move into. We just want to feel safe and loved and connected. And if we do that, the people who do that are never the problem. But you have to start by being safe. And you have to start by loving yourself. The reason this was so dangerous, as I said, is because it took place in church. And black Twitter yesterday morning was buzzing with the fact that black people were afraid to go to church. And you better understand how dangerous that is. That as I think I said, whether while the tape was running or before, is that for centuries black people have used Jesus and church and their faith as a place to put their fear, their mortal terror of extinction and their homicidal rage. That's where they put it, buddies. That's where they put it, boys and girls. And when people start saying, I'm too scared to go to church, or people say, well, why don't you patrol the church with police, or everybody carry a gun, that church is no longer a place where they can put their fear. It becomes a place of fear. And then the pressure cooker begins to build, 
And at the point where people feel I am surrounded by enemies who want to kill me, the only reasonable response is I will take as many of the bastards with me as possible. There is no other sane response that has worked in terms of the, the groups of human beings who've managed to stay alive. We get wiped out when we're too open, but we wipe each other out when we're too close. We've got to try to find a balance, and the balance is going to originate in what we are as individual human beings, being able to look at our own fear, our own violence, the way we strike out of people. How did that anger anchor itself, originate from fear? Let me deal with the fear within myself and see if that anger dissolves. Forget the theory. Try the experiment. Try for one week to live your life with love and joy. Just one week. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to be afraid. It doesn't mean you're not going to be angry. It's not going to mean you're not going to pop out of it. But that every hour, at the top of the hour, you notice, where is my mood? How do I feel? Am I feeling positive? No? Let me change my body language, change what I'm focusing on, change the way I'm using my, my vocabulary so I'm back in a safe space. I'm back in an aware space. I am a healthy tiger. I've got fangs and claws, but right now I'm just bopping along. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm fit. You know, no problems. I am capable of defending myself, but I'm also capable of showing love to those who love me, showing support to those who are of my tribe and need support. I am capable of extending compassion to people who have no compassion for me because I am strong. And I'm stronger than they are. And they need to know that it is possible for them to drop their guard and not be attacked. Because if they feel that if they admit, yes, there is a problem, yes, my ancestors did this, yes, the playing field is un unevil, unequal, that you will hurt them. And you must make the decision now that no, you will not. There is no answer from the perspective of everyone raising their fists, everybody fighting, everybody killing each other because of what our ancestors did, because of what our neighbors did. No, I will deal with you as an individual because I am strong enough that if you try to hurt me, I know I can defend my family and I will die killing you. Understand that. Find the place inside you that is strong enough to feel that way or find the allies who are capable of feeling that way and give them the love and support and protection and understand the price that they pay for being warriors, the price they pay for walking that line. You say, I will give you the love that you need and the root that you need, and I will watch your family while you're at, at, off at war. I will take care of you if you are wounded. I will give you what you need to know that this community loves you. We're building a new world here, and there are always going to be losses. And we lost nine people, and we're going to lose more. But we can limit the amount of loss if each and every one of us loves ourselves enough to have love to share, enough to feel the sh to, to project that humanity into others and say, look at this mountain. At the peak of this mountain is safety for all our children. Let us climb it together. Now, in order to do this, like I said, we need healers, people who, who can deal with the post-traumatic stress disorder that comes from living your life every day feeling like you are surrounded by enemies. They're going to be looking for allies. Whose hand is up? Who sees that this is not fair? This is why every single person who declares openly, I will not side with the monsters, and I will be awake, and I will be the adult in the room, 
and I love you, but I will not put up with any crap, period. You cannot guilt trip me out of it. You cannot scare me out of it. This is who I am, and this is where I take my stand, or my family is not safe, and I love my family more than I love my own life. So don't even try to get me to be something other than what I am. Don't try to get me to deny that the mountain I live on is, not, is there. Don't try to gaslight me. And if you are loving enough, and if you're confident enough, when people do that, you can pretty much laugh at them. It's like, you know, I mean, if you know you live on the mountain and somebody says there is no mountain, you kind of say, wow, you know, wake up, guy. And it's okay. Let them be. Remember. And with, Steve, yes, go ahead. Steve, I want to interrupt there. And, and it, it, it really comes down. It just was striking me. They may not know the mountain because they see only two feet of it. Yeah. That's all they see. They don't have the experience outside. And, no, and showing them in a loving fashion and 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 quit letting them question is 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 I think an important aspect because there are places here in the in the United States where there are not a lot of black people there are a lot of not of you know it's pretty and all they've got is the media you know yeah. news and movies and television yeah. so every one of us who are doing this has to lead by example has to be willing to be a soldier in that fight, a healer, you know, in the operating room of our, of our political theater, a, a leader, you know, politics, not politics. I'm, I'm not interested in politics. I'm interested in a philosophy. My philosophy says that we are equal, that the playing field is unequal, but then it, in there are ways in which the playing field in America is about as equal as it's been in our history as a species, we can make it much more equal. But we cannot get there by demonizing our history. Our history has enough demons in it, but it also has good people, people willing to sacrifice their lives and their sacred honor to try to make things right. Maybe they didn't love us. Maybe not. But they were, not, they were willing to put things on the line. They were willing to understand the nation could not exist, bifurcated in that way. And even if, you know, in their sacred hearts, they thought, well, my group is better, but this, this is still ill. You know, Every group <laughs> believes that it's better. Every group thinks my way of doing things better. My whole position of coming from love you know, and being you know, non-dichotomous and so forth has the very strange contradiction of I'm saying that this is better than that. I understand that contradiction. And then mm-hmm. language inevitably leads us to those kinds of contradictions. Language inevitably means that we have to say things and ask people to, to, to feel our hearts and read between the lines. Inevitably. There's no way around that. Love yourself. Protect yourself. Take no crap. Be safe. And Protect your family. A, go ahead. And get, you know, I want to go back and say, you know, we talked about the stress and traumatic stress. And you know me being the academic. Uh, since 9-11, we have seen such an increase in traumatic stress, which is also very much like post-traumatic stress syndrome, that yes. we have to take care of that. Yes. And, and in many cases, it means going to find some professionals. And it it could mean going people. to find some professionals. You could, you're absolutely correct. Um, I believe that we have the ability to heal ourselves, but I think the part of healing ourselves is finding the right allies. I um, totally agree. You know, I, you know I, work with, I work with therapists all the time, 
to, to help, you know, to deal with people who are dealing with stress disorders, to understand that stress creates strain and, you know, stress that is not dealt with properly creates strain and that that can turn into anger and then anger could turn into violence. Cut off the tree at its root. You, by example. Absolutely. And, and this was a terrorist attack by the definition of terrorism. Yes, it was an attempt to instill fear as a political tool. I'm going yeah. to make people afraid enough that they will act irrationally and it will create a race war. That is a terrorist. Okay? You know, there are sim- they're simple murder. I just want to kill some people. But this person yeah. had a political intent to generate fear, which makes him a terrorist. Period by the by the strictest definition, let alone the, the very loose definitions that we use now, where everything's a terrorist if we don't like it. Okay, right. but no, this guy was specifically attempting to use fear as a tool, so that makes him a terrorist. We need to react to this the way America, in my mind, should have reacted after 9/11, which is to use the goodwill and the people who were awake, shaken out of their dreams, to realize there is a problem here, and instead of holding hands with potential allies, we shot ourselves in the foot from my position. Let's not do this. Let's every one of us start by being sure that we and our families are safe and then tell the world in your private conversations. Or, you know, if, you, if, you, if you just start by loving yourself and your families, you know something, the world is going to work out just fine. If you are willing to take the next step, of announcing publicly that this is wrong, it's been going on, you're not being gaslighted, and that you stand against it, you then create an island where people can swim towards it. There is some safety over there, and people will attack you. Get used Mm -hmm. to it. Get ready for it. People will attack you, both because they are evil, asleep, and sometimes just because they want to test you. Are you really that strong? Are you really that loving? Can I attack you without getting anger in return? Because what I understand is if I'm attacked, I must respond with anger. That's the only thing that I understand. And it is possible to respond with love while at the same time remaining safe. And there are martial arts like Aikido that specifically seek to teach that. That's a physical metaphor. The best way to deal with post-traumatic stress and things of that nature is ask yourself, what would my life be like? How would my body feel? How would my sleep feel if this were not a problem? And then gather whatever allies or resources you need to be that person. And in the process of busying yourself with the things you need to do to be a healthy person, you are defeating your demons. You're not struggling with your demons anymore. You're reinforcing your health. You're reinforcing the part of you that is already healthy. You're feeding the right wolf, in in essence. They're going to say, come over here and fight. And you're going to say, no, I'm too busy making love to myself, to my family, to my community. And by the way, if you interrupt this discussion, I will be forced to defend myself regretfully. Please don't. It is not necessary to become your energy, to be to your enemy, to be safe. Now, we talked about what this is the basic picture of things and everything we've talked about in terms of life writing has been about the individual and this is talking more about the society because I'm saying, suggesting that societies act the way we act as individuals. And when people criticize politicians or whatever, you know, they're awful. So all you have to do is go on Facebook, look at any political discussion and you will see our leaders. Our leaders are simply versions of us. The exact same conversations, the exact same dysfunction, the exact same roadblock. I'm simply going around the system of roadblocks in politics and saying, I will talk with anybody, black or white, 
liberal or conservative, cons- you know, Republican or Democrat, American or not, who is willing, male or female, who is willing to accept that universality of hum- human beings, because I believe that it is out of the conversation between those people that the answers will arise. We need warriors, we need healers, and we need artists. We need artists. The entire life-writing approach came from the idea of healing yourself and taking what you learn in the process of healing, and you use that as the foundation for the writing that you're doing. That's what it was. That was that, where that loop was. And I've taught this to thousands of people for 30 years, and we finally created a, a way to do this online. So what, what I wanted to do here was to create an opportunity for people to, first of all, continue this conversation without any investment at all, just to literally get on our mailing list and be able to talk with us, to join us over on Facebook at the Life Writing Group, or to go to one of our pages that has the email sign-ups. So you can go to lifewritingnewsletter.com, lifewritingnewsletter.com, and sign up for the mailing list absolutely free. You can also, those writers out there, because I believe that many of you who are listening to this, either through podcasts or live right now, are writers or are interested in writing. Whether you want to write essays or stories, and stories, I think, are the superior way. Plato was afraid of the playwrights for good reason. When you create a meme inside a story, people cannot argue with it effectively. You literally are acting it out, and it gets to them on a deeper level. So that's... Those are my people. I'm talking to everybody in general who is willing, and then I'm talking to everyone who's willing to see the world the same way. And now I'm talking to people who want to make a change, and specifically those who are artists and writers. Because for you, we've had a lot of resources over the years of connecting your internal world, your external world. We created the Life Writing Workshop, and we've had nothing but raves about it. But we wanted to make it even easier for people to get in. So what we did there was we found a way that people could just pay by the week if they wanted that. So the library newsletter is for free. You know, just no question about that, no obligations whatsoever, ever, ever, ever. But if you would like to take a look at what the actual process we're talking about is in a deeper way, applied specifically to writing, then you want to go to lifewritingweekly.com, lifewritingweekly.com. Because what we did there was we found a way for you to pay by the week, which means that if you do not like what you're seeing, not only could you get your money back, but you have not even invested very much. So lifewritingweekly.com is, is a way of really making the door as open as possible. A third thing that we've done for people who have been a part of this process is found ways to help you share it with other people. So we've created affiliate links if you'd like to find out about that and how you can do good by doing well. But only if you believe in what we're actually saying. If you've experienced it and you're saying that you believe that what I'm talking about is an approach that can make a difference, then go to the lifewritingweekly.com or the lifewritingworkshop.com. Take a look at the affiliate links and see whether or not that sounds attractive to you. All right. So we have laid out basic structure of what I'm saying. And what I would like to do now is to talk with the people on this line and see whether or not they have specific 
questions about any of this. I, once again, I believe that the answer is that the world mirrors what we are. We are confused, fearful people. We do emotional violence to people we love. We contain multitudes that we cannot blame the world for being the same thing that we are. And therefore, if we can heal ourselves and then simply communicate that healing to the world around us, you have taken the only step you could conceivably be asked to take as individual human beings. And the first step you take is making sure that you feel safe that your stress is under control, that your stress just motivates you to take action rather than cripples you. So dealing with any level of this, from how you as an individual can deal with it, to how you can communicate and create groups of masterminds to begin this process of moving toward the future. Any step in this process, I want to um, open the phones right now. So we're just going to kind of go down the list and see who's here. And uh, Tia W., are you there? Yes. How are you, dear? I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm up off the west coast of Canada. Wonderful. And I have very, very little experience with black communities. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that there's one hell of a mountain. Yeah, it's just a mountain. And your only job is to take care of yourself so that you can feel safe enough to feel loving, then very carefully begin to extend that and find allies outside you who feel the same way, you know, lovingly exclude those who do not, because your primary obligation is to stay safe enough to feel loving. Then you slowly connect out from there. And never, there's no need for blame here, but those people who are willing to take responsibility are my brothers and sisters, and I love you beyond anything I can say. But if all you want to do is feel safe, that's fine. You're still wonderful people. (laughs) I just need to speak to the allies even more. Yeah, I want to be one of those who makes a difference. I spend a lot of time down in Seattle, Washington, and I know I can make a difference. Yes, you can. And you make a difference by speaking your truth, by seeing the shared humanity within people. And that means both the black people and the white people, to not think these people are awful, but to be able to look in the mirror and say, where do I do some version of this? Where do I blame? Where do I hate? Where do I need to feel that I'm better than other people? Because that is the metaphor. That is the analogy. That is the microcosm of the macrocosm. Heal that within yourself. Open your arms while remaining safe. Find the strength to do that or ally yourself with people who will protect you as your, as your arms are open. And share it. Show people that there is safety, that there Thank are allies. You. There will be Absolutely. challenges ahead. There will, there will be challenges ahead. We will lose soldiers. We will lose allies. But that has never stopped humanity from moving forward. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be stopped. We can be killed, but we cannot be stopped. Somebody took a picture of an individual on a Washington State ferry, gentleman dressed in black, wearing a swastika on his arm. And a lot of people, no pun intended, are all up in arms, saying he shouldn't be allowed to do that. I'm really glad he was wearing that symbol, Mm. because I know him for who he is. Thank you. Thank you. When the bigots speak out, let them announce themselves. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It means that they have a particular view about humanity that we do not share. We can isolate them from our conversations 
without making them bad or wrong. They're just not part of that family conversation. And most of these people are not twisted evil animals. They're terrified. And if they can feel that there is a way for them to drop their guard without being attacked, most of them will respond to that. But you have to remember that there are smiling monsters. Never forget. The best people I know can be some of the people who forget that there are smiling monsters. They're so filled with love, and they so want to welcome everyone. They're just wonderful people, but they forget that there are predators, and there are. Yeah, Watch out for them. Love Thank you, Stephen. I'll let you move on. You bet. Love yourself enough to take care of yourself, Tia. And I'm going to move on now. Thank you. In Massachusetts, we have a we have a caller. Hello, Massachusetts. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Okay. I think you just have me in uh, listed as Massachusetts because I didn't have a pin, but I'm Rachel. Okay. Hi, Rachel. It was good to hear you today. Uh, I've been reading your work for a long time, and I met you at Arisia a few years ago. And uh, to hear what you, I really wanted to just hear in in live what you have to say about this issue today, because it concerns me so deeply, and it is such a shock, and particularly a shock when you start to realize that the news isn't shocking anymore, and right. that you have to get, you know, it's time to move and time to get out of that comfortable space. So thank you for speaking up today. You bet. Do you know how to take care of yourself and how to move forward? Thank you. No, I'm asking you a question. Do you know oh, how to take okay. care of yourself and how to move forward? Are you okay? I think the one of the clues we hear that I'm finding really interesting is the um, the information about if the the people who do not acknowledge that there's a problem here, those are not the people you need to get. You're going to. It's not helpful to even engage with those people. No, it's not for the sake of this discussion. It's possible to have that other discussion, but there are times to close the door on that discussion and say we're going to have a conversation with the people who see things our way. We're going to start climbing that mountain. But but I've seen that dynamic happen so many times when you say, okay, we are no longer discussing whether or not it's true that sexual harassment happens. That's right. We're going to talk only with the people who believe it is happening. Next conversation, and then we start to make progress. Yes. Or we're not having the conversation anymore of whether or not there's climate change. Next right. conversation. This is you know, no, there might things. be a time. On Tuesday, we will have that conversation. The rest of the week, we're going to have the conversation about what to do. Right. You, know, it's, yeah, it's, you, you have to be sure that you don't let the sleeping children or the monsters slow you down. And you also have to reserve the idea, you know something, we could be wrong about this, so let's make sure that none of our answers are damaging to innocent people. Let's be very careful about that. So in terms of sexual harassment, it is we want to have the conversation about how to stop it, but we're going to look at this as a human problem. Right, right. Racially. We are going to have the conversation about how to stop this madness, but we're going to look at it as a human problem. I didn't, I didn't want to derail this conversation about uh, the, the racism issue. I think that's the important thing to focus on today. But I did want to say that I see that insight as a helpful tool in many other conversations. That that's on. not a derail even in the slightest. It is making it a human situation. And when you can see that the same tools can work in multiple situations, 
then that means that simply starting from whatever is the generative aspect of the response, which is loving yourself enough to be, to be loving to other people while taking no crap, to be willing to be able to close the door to build teams of people who can solve the problem. That strategy can work lovingly and positively with harm to none, move yourself forward and allow you to have – because, you know, when you are making progress, you feel good. You feel good. When you feel stymied, you get frustrated. So, sweetheart, if anything I've said here has to do with the, with the sexual harassment that is, is closer to your heart, then use it there because it's the same thing. Loving people who love themselves and see their humanity in others are not the problem and never are in any of these arenas. So anything you do to fight sexism will also fight racism, as long as you're starting from the generative aspect of shared humanity. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank okay, you fight on, much. sister. <laughs> you take care. And I have to talk to Levita. I saw you there, and I really, really want to interact with you just briefly. This is a longer session today than usual because I think that this is a, a critical discussion. So, Levita Mason, are you, on, are you here with us? Yes. Okay. So what – your comments are always cogent. You know me very well. Um, what do you have to add to this discussion? What questions can you pose to me? I live in South Carolina, and I live primarily among the non-melanated people. Yes. I go to a church that is I'm, – I'm really, really – I'm a minority. <laughs> and – I just find this very disheartening um, because when I listen to the people around me, I, I have a certain amount of privilege because people talk around me like I'm just like them. Right. If they were and, all like you, there wouldn't be a problem, you. Well, I mean, they talk around me like I'm white too. Yes, that's exactly what and, I mean. And I kind of go, if what I listen to people – because I've spent a lot of time just listening on Facebook and listening to people talk, and I go, you know what? <laughs> Religions lie, and it's just very disheartening to see. You know, you know, you spend the time doing the work, and then yes, you the like, fear. Wow. Okay, so let's use yeah. this as an object example. It is totally mm -hmm. natural for you to slide into despair. The hero's journey suggests you hit evil and evil will throw you into the pit of despair. We understand this. What is the way out of the pit of despair, according to the hero's journey, Levita? Um, to face it. No, it's the leap of faith. Yep. And what um, are the three I'll things? The three things. What are the three things that we have to feel, that we have to have faith in, or that we need to feel faith in, or that it is useful to feel faith in? Um... A higher power, That's ourselves, yes. and, and our companions, our allies. Yes, that's right. So start with yourself. If you, if you, if if this has damaged your faith in God, understandable. So you start with finding faith within yourself, finding your own heart, loving yes. yourself. Love is the antidote for fear. Love leads to a belief that the world is larger and more mysterious than we can see. Being able to fill yourself with love, feel safe. Feed that little child inside you. Take care of your family. Love them. Take care of your neighbors. Love them. To be able to extend that, 
that love out to potential allies will begin the process of healing. So you can see we have been as a species through this pattern countless times, and we come out of it. And the people whose philosophies have, have led the way for us teach philosophies of love and connectedness. But at the same time, we understand that, that there are smiling monsters. But most people are just asleep and afraid. So we're dealing with people who are asleep or afraid, who have an illusion about what life is or are terrified of what life is and feel that they have to lie or delete information about it with just a few monsters who are cheering on the war, sitting from the sidelines. They are carrion creatures who want to come down and feed on our corpses in the night. Do not let them win. Do not let them win by starting by loving yourself. You break the pattern of stress by every hour on the hour for one week, just make that commitment. And you know, when you fall off the horse, just laugh and start over again. Every hour on the hour for 60 seconds, you walk with faith. You walk loving yourself, loving that little girl inside you, believing just for 60 seconds. You may not be able to maintain it for the rest of the hour. That's okay. But you concentrate your attention on the positive things in your life. You move your body like a healthy female animal. Of your choice, whatever, you know, I like lions and tigers and bears. Find something that is capable of defending itself, but is gentle with its own young, gentle with its friends, but has fangs and teeth, fangs and claws, because you have to be able to both feel safe. You have to be able to feel safe in order to feel loving. Safe within yourself. Start by feeling safe. Find the love within you. Every hour, for just 60 seconds, if you need to, breathe, hold your face, walk. Remember, that's who you are. Illegitimate non carborundum, don't let the bastards drag you down. The terrorists want us to be afraid, to keep us separate from each other. It is totally natural to feel fear. It is totally natural to feel despair. That's what the hero's journey says, that you will feel these things. That's where you are now, and the way out of it is faith, honey. It's totally natural. You need more than correspond with me on Facebook on uh, the life writing group or directly through PM, I am there for you. Do you understand? Yes. I am there for any brother or sister who sees the same mountain and wants the same things for our family. You mail me, you talk to me, you correspond with me. I will not let you down. I will not leave you hanging. I will be at least one ally in your life, and there are others. We're building a community right now, right here. Okay, sweetie? Yes. All right, great. And the next call is from New Mexico. Ah. We have a call from New Mexico. Uh, hello, this is New Mexico. Hello, New Mexico. How are you, dear? I'm quite well, thank you. Oh, uh, excellent. Yes, yes. Uh, no questions. Um, okay. I would like to share that I think your point about uh, allies is really significant and the role that social media can play. It, it can absolutely play it, but you must lovingly exclude from the discussion anyone who does not believe. I'm in not the... stupid. I know how to do that. Excellent. Well, it's not a matter of not being stupid. It really is. You know, it really is a matter of of understanding the efficiency and effectiveness of that. There are some very very intelligent people who have. No, not... I I understand that actually. Okay, great. I great. Ha- I have posted several times that I and, and defended you for um, excluding things from the conversation. Yes. You know, uh, I got attacked. I got horribly. I mean, I got wonderfully attacked. 
<laughs> yeah, no, pretty fun. Gonna... You know, to a fighter, it's like we enjoy a fight. You know, there's a part of me that just loves that. Oh, yeah, like, I'm oh, a fighter, great. too. That's yeah. fun. Did I, yeah. did I hurt your widow feelings? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 two guys today, and I know and love them dearly. You know, they, they, they were kind of like a little upset that you wanted to, to limit the discussion. And I said, whoa, all he's limiting is the parameters of one specific discussion. That's right. It's just one discussion. In other words, they don't want to have. Well, they don't want me to have a single hour of discussing. You know, this isn't that that. What are they afraid of? Why does it treat the I, anger? No, I don't think this is the case of fear. I think this is the case of their academics and they're used to arguing. Could be, but if they invest energy into it, they had emotion. What were those emotions? Were they expressing anger? Oh no, not at all. Okay, great. That's no, fine. No. If it was oh, purely academic, dare. that's just fine. He said that no, they wouldn't dare. They're academics. <laughs> um, that's but uh, and, and that's fine, you know. It is but, fine. You know, I it's just feel, what it is. I do think it's important, very important, to do exactly what you're doing, which is to build allies, to define the parameters of what this particular—I won't use the term battle—but we both know that's what I mean. Yes, it's a um, slow motion war. Yeah, it's um. To do, what are we doing? You know, what's all right to get back to the hero's quest? What's the quest here? You know, I would, you know, I say that the quest is a quest of human equality yeah, and love. We, that's what we need to focus on. That's absolutely. Let's not define, you know, let's not spend all our time trying to decide if, you know, there's if it's happening. there's a problem. I, yeah, I, that's right. Because that problem. conversation will drag out forever, and some of the people who will drag it out are going to be smiling monsters who know that they're I'm simply being provocateurs. Them, you know, you know, they are. They're, they're there, but they're pretty easy for me anyway. They're pretty easy to step on. <laughs> um, That's, well, you know, my attitude is I'm not interested in stepping too. on the wall. I, 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 I just keep I, them out of the living room. I've been doing this a long time. Excellent. And I, I am personally very, very relieved, and I posted this. I think I tagged you on it. Um, very relieved to see you setting the limits you're setting and to br- opening the discussion. And Excellent. To use so- and to use social media to do it. Well, if you friend us on online, are you a writer by any chance? I am a writer who doesn't write. Right. Well, if you are if you are writing blogs or anything of that nature, if you if as long as you're using language and imagery, if you join the life writing group, we will have we're having discussions about what's happening inside people and outside people, and it is philosophical rather than political. Although politicized people are totally welcome. Well, you can't separate the two. Well, you know, you I can, do. You can, you can, <laughs> but I understand for, your for point. The, for the purpose of discussion, you can. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But, you know, for the purpose of living, I don't see how you can. Right. Well, listen, um, y- your comments are all very appreciated. Thank you very much. And simply standing up and being conscious is a huge step. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. And Washington. We have someone in Washington. Hello, Washington. Are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hi. uh, This is Steve. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. This is Simone Monique. Hello, Simone. How are you, dear? I'm really good. I'm I'm learning a lot through this conversation. Uh, Superb. One of the things I'm learning is I'm not alone. I felt that very much so. You are not alone. And <laughs> I, my commitment is anybody on this call, who any of the, any emotions come up about this, reach out to me on Facebook or an email. I will not fail to respond. I will not, I will not do that to you. You know, I, you know what's heartening to me as well is um, all those who 
um, may not be of our ethnicity, but are on this call because they yes. care, because they see that is so heartwarming to me to to see that they're they're making such an effort and they're just they aware. Are. Oh my God! So. I mean, most I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Most of my teachers, friends, lovers, mentors over the course of my life have been white. Mm-hmm. There have been people who have been wonderful to me, who went hugely out of their way to love me, support me, teach me. And some of those people even had extremely p- different political positions in mind. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite people believes in the premise of the bell curve. Mm. You know, That's his business. How he treats people is my business. Understood. And he is a gentleman. Mm-hmm. You know, can, and, and he cannot help having a position on life. And even though I disagree with his position, he could be right. I just am very convinced that he's wrong. Right. But we can talk <laughs> about it like two Americans, mm-hmm. like two friends. And yeah. the question is, is never one of what cruelty can we do to people. Mm-hmm. It is always how can we deal with this situation with, with love and respect? You know, how do we deal with this? So, yes, there are allies out there. Most people that I have met in my life are neither good nor bad. They're simply trying not to hurt. They're trying to move away from pain and toward pleasure. And in the process of doing that, game theory tells us that over time, being good is better. That's what game theory tells us. Being Mm -hmm. good is better over time, treating people fairly, honestly, seeing their, their humanity. So over the short term, the monsters win. But over the long term, if the people who are loving will reach out to each other, we win for sure. You flip the coin often enough, and we win. This is a long game. I've been I mean, playing this game for 40 years. One, one of the things, though, that, I've, that has disgruntled me is, some, is sometimes good people are quiet. You know, yes. there's a lack of courage to speak up and to say something. Or within a small group, they'll speak their mind. But when yes. it's time to say it to the authorities, you know, be it, they won't say a word. They'll just be right. very meek and quiet. And I love them, too. They're dealing with fear. And exactly. It's okay. I, I understand it. It's just frustrating to me. because yeah, Absolutely. I, because, so I, it, you know, each individual has such power. If you only exude it, use it, and just have the courage to use it. Um, I think that 1,000 people, 1,000 people who are all aligned on this particular problem, Mm-hmm. using social media at this moment in human history mm-hmm. could solve it. I agree. 1,000 people. And that means if I can get 10 people, I can get 100. If I can mm-hmm. get 100 people, we can get 1,000. And so long as everyone understands that all they have to do to be a part of that army is to love themselves, love their families, be safe, extend that humanity to others. Demand to be treated with dignity and respect and commit to treating other people with dignity and respect and be willing to take the position, yes, I see the inequality, and I'm willing to take a stand against it. They don't even have to go in the, house, in the burning house with me. I but hear they're you. They're willing to hand me buckets of water or right. they're willing to, to stand on the side of, of, of the road and, and perform CPR to people who are brought out of the burning house mm-hmm. or they're at the least not willing to stand on the fire hose while it pumps. That's all I'm to do. Get off the hose. <laughs> You stand on the hose, mm-hmm. and now we've got a problem. And that's you, my bulldozer theory as well. Yes. Just bowl right over them. Yeah. Just bowl I, right over them. Yeah, but you start, ha- have to. You have to. Be sure to start with love and, mm-hmm. more for, and with forgiving yourself for the time that you have not spoken up. If you can forgive yourself, it's easier to forgive others. 
Mm-hmm. And we have to start with love on this because the monsters are trying to get us into fear, which leads to anger, which leads to violence, which destroys everyone. I will not go down that road, no matter the, no matter the cost, nor will I let anybody hurt me. And, anyone, and I won't go quietly. That's, my, that's right. Anyone who hears every single ahead, time, you know, much much to my detriment at times, but it doesn't matter. I I won't be silent when I see it. I speak on it and I say it. And I think the key is if you can take your emotions out of it, it has more of an impact. Even sometimes, maybe not immediately, but yeah. later I get people coming back and say, you know, I kind of see what you're talking about. You know, are, are you a writer? I, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> I, you know, I have my own personal things. My daughter's a journalist, so uh, good. Uh, and well, she you said I heavily influenced her by my speaking. But at any rate, but yeah, I do. Um, I do that a lot. I just, I have to, I have to confront it when I see it, and yeah. I try again, keeping my emotions out of it. It seems to be a lot more effective, you know. <laughs> so just share your attitude. Mm-hmm. Share that sense of love, connection, balance without blame. Mm-hmm. Okay, without dehumanizing anyone in this right. game, not anyone, and then encourage other people to speak their truth and to de- declare that you will be an ally for them if, and ask them to watch your back in return because you will be attacked. Well, I think that's also a key. I mean, we're talking about humanizing it. So a, a lot of these people seem to think that we're less than or we're not as human. Yes, or not absolutely. That's and, and of, and you know? I say they are either asleep, mm-hmm. ignorant, or smiling monsters. Exactly right. You know, <laughs> you know that's my position. Exactly I could be wrong, right. but I'm willing to die that I'm right. right. I'm, yes, I could be wrong, but my position is if you don't see the same mountain I see here, you mm-hmm. are asleep, ignorant, or you're lying. You're a smiling monster who is saying that in order to start up a fight. It's, they're playing let's you and him fight. Exactly, and, exactly. Okay, so I just thank stay you so logic, much for being on the stay call. focused, you know, so. Okay, take care. Okay. And in California, we have a call. Hello, California. Hello, California. Do we have California on the call? Yeah, sorry, Steve. I hit the hit the wrong button in the wrong time. It's Tom. It's okay. Um, vitally important discussion. I don't have a lot to add. It's okay. It's- do you know what you need to do to take care of yourself? Well, I'm working on it. I know what I have to do. Whether I succeed or not, that's, that's the daily struggle. Well, knowing what you have to do, being able to see the, mount, the place that you're getting to is about 90% of the, of, of the thing, just knowing what it is that you're trying to do. The rest of it is being able to maintain the emotions that make it possible to do the consistent actions that will take you there. But if you know, just, if you know that, there is, that there is a mountain there, that if you get there, you'll have the results, the feeling of love and connectedness and internal support that you seek then you'll be fine as long as you just keep getting allies, keep reaching out to people who you know you can trust to point the mountain out to you. You know that you could send me a personal message anytime, and I will keep pointing the mountain out to you, buddy. I'll keep reminding you to stop and breathe and shift your focus and love yourself enough to protect yourself, then share that love with others every day. As, every far, as, day. as far as the rest of the Charleston story goes, I mean, I have a I have a good friend and a good and a great teacher who lives there now, and yeah. I haven't been able to talk to him since this happened. But I can only imagine what he's experiencing. He's a southerner by birth. He's originally from Georgia. Yeah. This is and and a musician. So this has got to feel 
Reach out to him. Very, let, him very. Know that, let him know that you're an ally and you feel his heart. Yeah. He needs to know that. He uh, needs to know that people care. The, uh, the thing that we just, I mean, everything that you have said is accurate, but what is so simple about this is that whether we're mostly Denisovan, Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, whatever paleontological breakdown you want, we're mostly human. Why the hell yes. are we fighting each other? That's right. You have to go with the 99% that we're all the same. The yeah. monsters want us to concentrate on the 1% differences. Yeah. Okay? Anyway. You take care of yourself, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. And we have a caller in Louisiana. Who could this be? Hello, Louisiana. Hi, Steve. Hi. This is Bart. Hello, Bart. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to have you on the call. I'm glad to be here. Just a quick thought. I don't have any questions. I really appreciate what you said. Um, I, I can see where some of your... Facebook discussions have fed into some of the things that you said. Um, just to add a thought, allies are a great idea, mm-hmm. but allies, it can't end there. The reason being is an ally is not one of us. Okay. That, that's an important concept. Um, okay. And speaking as a guy that wears the uniform, if they're not one of if if an ally is someone that could easily be that, you know, let's just to use modern terms, England. We, we associate England as being an ally, but they're not Americans. They have their own agenda, their own needs. They're not us. Right. So allies are a great thing. You, you need allies, but what you need more of is comrades. Comrades are the ones that stand with you shoulder to shoulder and will be with you until the end. Um, that is a delightful distinction. That is a beautiful so, distinction, and I am totally willing to accept that what we're looking that 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 the definition is we want how about family right no that that is and that, and that's exactly how people within the military uh see each other as you know you might you might be pissing me off today, but you're my family, and I'll take then, care of you then i then I misspoke, Bart, I am totally willing to say that we're not I'm not looking for allies in this, I'm looking for family. How about I'm looking for, for comrades. The, the, what, what, what Bart said right here. Bart, by the way, people, is a warrior, and he is an honorable man. We disagree about things and butt heads all the time, but I never forget that this man is willing to die to protect my son. So and, we, we, are, we are comrades in that sense, well, Bart. And, and, and what I'm saying is let's, let's have the spectrum. There's yes. nothing wrong. You've been, having, you've been talking about the, the spectrum of people, so let's just add to the level of – Allies are people that will support you some of the time. They have their own agenda. Yes. They have their own needs. Yes. Um, but they're not a comrade. And then uh, take comrade to family. A family has that personal connection. As yes. you and I have discussed, yes. you're more my brother than my sister. I so understand, that's, that's Mark. Between you and, that's between you and me. But don't leave it at ally. Because ally is if – if I come to you as a – as a comrade who wants to sh- who wants to go in with you, and I'm told I'm an ally, and and it's then you might be cast aside. You could have yeah, an ally. Then, you could be an ally one minute and, and an enemy the next, or just an, just not part of it because the thing. Yes. Well, okay, let's look at our history. What do we do to our allies when we don't need them? We set them right. aside. 
We're no yes. longer with them. When the, the when the cause is gone, the ally is no longer a, an issue. Comrades See, this, are the ones you owe. This is why it is critical that we have discussions because language demands the assumption of goodwill. Language demands that. So I need to go back into what I initially said and translate that. It's the definition under the word, the exact thing that Bart is saying, that we're looking for the people who will stand behind us, stand at our sides, and we will not throw these people away. They are building with us. That What we want is for their families to be safe and their hearts to be safe and their concerns to be heard. And if the word allies is not that, I misspoke. We're looking for the state that Bart just said, whatever label you put on it. The, the thing that Bart said is exactly what I'm talking about, and I thank you so much for that clarification, Bart. No worries. Just, it's, like I said, just the thought, if it works, great. It works beautifully, Bart. It works, you have, you know, you've, we fight, there are many different types of wars in the world, but no matter how you define wars, you've been to them, and you understand how to win and how to survive and how to take care of the people around you. So your perspective is critical. Critical, my friend. Thank you. Love you, brother. Love you too, Bart. I really do. Thank you so much. All right. And we have a call here from South uh, Southern California. Hey there, Steve. This is Eric Green. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Eric? I'm good. Thank you. Listen, I wanted to thank you for having this call, and I wanted to thank everyone for participating in the call. That means a great deal. And just, uh, just to... Uh, quick thoughts. Um, yes. And you know, going back to this metaphor of uh, throwing a bucket on the fire, you know, it's great to have the right understandings. It's great to have empathy. It's great to have right knowledge, and you need to connect that with right action. And I've been a racial justice and civil rights activist almost my entire adult life. Yes, you have. As well as a writer, and not everyone can do that. And I think that most people are decent people that want to do the right thing if they knew what to do. And I think I a lot of people, I've had conversations with white friends about this, who feel heartsick about the ongoing racial violence against people of color that manifests in all kinds of ways but don't know what to do. Would and you please post yeah. a link to the podcast yeah, so I that could, they I can could. understand that they are welcome to this discussion? And I think it's critical for people to know what the next steps could be, what the tools yes. are. And there are many, there are many things that allies, comrades, however you wanted to define people. Comrades, you know, I, yeah, I like, I like the, the definition is what we need here, not the word. But, you know, it's just, yeah, let's use comrades for the rest of this conversation. I like that. There are, many things, that, there are many things that people can do without becoming full-time civil rights yes. activists. And I'll just say... You know, I had a conversation online with our friend David Gerald some months ago who posted uh, uh, something kind of decrying, how come there are no great leaders anymore? Where are the Kings and the Kennedys? To which I said bullshit and listed about a dozen different leaders and thinkers and, and people that are in the community who are doing great work. And since, like I say, not everyone can go and do this full time, I think one of the things that people can do, and again, there are many, one of the things is to connect yourself, ally yourself, support organizations that are doing work on the front lines day in and day out, because you might not be able to make this an 80-hour commitment, but there are people who are. There are yes. organizations like Brian Stevenson's Equal Justice Initiative. There's the Advancement Project that Connie Rice runs in Los Angeles that also has a D.C. office. 
There is uh, the people that are doing work inspired by Michelle Alexander's groundbreaking book, The New Jim Crow. There is the ACLU, which is on the front lines in a lot of these uh, uh, battles. There is the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, which is not the same thing as the NAACP. They separated about 50 years ago, but the name is still similar, so it causes a lot of confusion. But they are on the front lines. They are in the courtrooms. They are trying to dismantle white supremacy. Okay, here's what I ask you to do. Would, would you please put together a post that has all of these links and post them to my page and post them to the life writing page? I'll be happy to do that, and I want to leave you with one other thought. And this, isn't, this is not to politicize your conversation. But one uh, of the things that, that, that I found really disturbing was the day of the shootings, the day after the shootings, were some folks on Fox saying, well, this wasn't about race. This was about an attack on religious people, and this is a war right. against Christians. Right. And that could be one person or two people saying something foolish in the moment because they don't really understand the facts. But the fact that presidential candidate after presidential candidate picked that same talking point up the next day yes. says it's not just a mistake of the moment. It says that intelligent political operatives have done the thinking and come to the conclusion that it is in the political interest of these candidates not to call out racial violence for what it is. Okay, and look, to, and, Eric, and, 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 look, I let, me, let me just finish the point. I, 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 this isn't an attack. Yeah, My it's okay. point is they feel that their base, and there's evidence to show this, that their base doesn't recognize that there's a problem with ongoing systemic racism and racial right. violence. Until folks like us talk to the people that are in their base and get them to understand what's going on, then there's no political incentive for the political party to shift its priorities because it's a political loser for them. Okay, so people look. that are your friends need to speak to your friends and allies across the lines of politics and get them to understand the reality so they can put pressure on their leaders and show we care about this because the politicians will only respond to their base. It is critical that you say that because the discussion is about what to do. My emphasis, the, my addition to the discussion is to move beyond the question of, where it's, of whether it's happening to the question of what to do. And you've just offered a, a, a possible solution, a possible perspective, something that you are prepared to stand behind with passion and malice toward none. And so that is welcome to the discussion. If you would post links to the people that you're talking about, then the politically inclined or those who feel, yes, this, this speaks to them will be able to do that. You point people toward the podcast so that people get in on this discussion and be able to see all of these perspectives. Would you do that, Eric? Yeah, you'll, you'll, as soon as I can, I'll get everything up. Excellent, 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 excellent. All right. Well, we're, uh, let me go take one more little, little call. Uh, Michael, you're there. You there, Michael? Michael? Oh, Michael's not at his phone. All right, then I'm not going to worry about that. Then what I would like to say is to thank each and every person who has been on this call, who is willing to realize that there is this universal family of humanity, that we're just trying to move away from pain and fear towards pleasure and some sense of joy and love. And you cannot... Fight the demons by becoming a demon. You have to find another way to be. And if 
there is the kind of battle where people have to go into battle and take on a demonic energy. When those people come home, they must be loved. They must be supported. You must understand that they gazed into hell so that you will not have to. I say that all I'm asking people to do is to start the discussion of what to do, is to be loving enough to yourself to be safe within yourself so that you may fill yourself with love, take care of your family, then begin to expand that out to your neighbors and from there to your world to see the common humanity in all these people, including the sleeping ones, including the childlike ones, including the fearful, angry ones, to even see, understand the nature of the predator and the monsters that we face. To not let looking at those monsters or dealing with those monsters turn you into one. To not let prejudice toward you turn into your prejudice toward others. To make that, to be centered enough to allow all of that to drive you into being a better, deeper, more loving person. More capable of, se of setting adult boundaries and saying, no, you will not be allowed into this discussion. We'll have another discussion later that you're absolutely welcome to. But this discussion... Today, in this room, is about what to do, not whether there is something to be done. Then watch the people who squeal. They are the people who you need to question, you know, question within yourself. There's no point in questioning them. It's not about them. Don't let them distract you. Stay with the people who are loving. They need you. They're people who will drop their hands and open their arms if they know that they will not be stabbed or not be blamed if they do so. They are your brothers and sisters. They're not just your allies. They are comrades. They're more than that. They are family. I say that we're all family, and I will come from that position. But I'm going to be one of the adults in the room. And that I promise you. Anyone who has allied with me on this, reach out to me, and I will be your ally anytime you need one in this battle. And probably in the other battles that you face, too. Because in a very real way, anything that any of us are facing is something everyone is facing. I love each and every one of you. I thank you so much. Hold on. Maybe there's one more little, we have a little question here. I saw Tia raising her hand. Thank you. Um, Bart, down in Louisiana, um, or Stephen, is there some way, I really liked a couple of the points that Bart made, and mm -hmm. I'd like to connect with you outside of this venue, either uh, on Here's Facebook. Here's what I would like to do. Are you on Facebook? I am so. You send me a, a personal message on Facebook, I will connect you with Bart. Awesome, my hero. Okay, Bart is a good man. He's one of the people willing to die for this country. As is my husband. There you go. I mean, in those people, he is, you know, very conservative. I am I'm liberal, but he is <laughs> so much more than that. He is so much more than what people say that is. He's... A He's I understand. A genuine human being like the rest of us, wrestling with his demons, looking for who will open their arms and love him and see him just exactly the same way I am, as you are. And thank your husband, too. Thank um, you. you. You connect with me. I will connect you there one person at a time. If we can get 10 people, we can get 100. If we can get 100, we can get 1,000. If we can get 1,000, we can change this country. All right? We can change the world. Yes, we can. Give me a lever long enough and a place to stand, and I will move the earth. I'm asking <laughs> you guys help me stand. Thank you levers. again, Stephen. My pleasure. Take care. Um, if you want to connect with me, make sure to go to the Life Writing Workshop 
com page and sign up for the newsletter. If you'd like to be a part of this in a deeper level, you're interested in the actual course, you can do it at a very low level of risk at the lifewritingweekly.com. But at any rate, there are many, you know, you can just sign up for the newsletter totally free, no obligation. You can friend me on Facebook, you can join our life writing list. I respond to these things. This is a life and death struggle for all of us. And I am deeply appreciative to each and every one of you. You are my friends. You are my family. You're Americans. You're humans. We're all part of this together. And I wanted to end this with the Sanskrit expression, more deeply felt than at any other time, at any other show I have done, the expression that says that the divinity within me salutes and acknowledges the divinity within each and every one of you. Namaste. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.